Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. This is the weekend edition where we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today is no exception. We have a great guest all the way from Laguna Beach. Welcome to the show, Marco Santarelli. Victor, hey, it's great to be on your show again. How have you been? I've been fantastic. It's great to have you here, and it's been far too long since we caught up. So much has changed since we connected last, and you are an expert in multiple markets where you've gone deep in multiple markets, and we're going to talk about that. But before we do, for the listeners who don't know you, maybe give a moment your backstory and how you got to this point in your journey. Yeah, thanks, Victor. Um, Well, there's a lot to cover there, but in brief, I started investing in real estate when I was uh, 18, when I could qualify for financing, and that was a long time ago. Um, But I've stuck with it. I've invested all around the U.S., and I've adopted a principle of being market agnostic, so not being married to any particular market. So I built up a large portfolio around the U.S., and uh, I continually educate and speak on real estate, real estate investing, do my own podcast and uh, built a business around it where we help people to invest and build real estate portfolios, residential, uh, in markets all around the country and provide them all the tools and resources and properties that they need. So that's a very quick background on myself and I'm all over the board. Today, I I run multiple businesses and ventures. I'm a a Broadway co-producer on six productions, musicals on Broadway. So I've ventured out into many different areas that's not just real estate focused. So. I enjoy what I do, and I'm going to keep doing what I do. Fabulous. Now, one of the things that has distinguished you, your company, Norada, from many others, is that you do a lot of market analysis, and you go deep in multiple markets, and really enables investors that are considering building a portfolio of single-family rentals, maybe even some turnkey single-family rentals, uh, to venture into a specific market. When we do due diligence, there's always three things that we look at. We look at the specific sub-market, because real estate's hyper-local, number one. Number two, the team. And then number three, the specifics of the deal. And you touch on all three of those. Let's start with how you approach the analysis of the sub-markets. Well, we always take a top-down approach. I look at it like a funnel. You know, I want to look at the market or the metro area as a whole. And to me, there's two key fundamentals that play into that. Uh, and this is true f- for every real estate investor if they want to do it w- the right way. Um, the uh, the uh, jobs or job growth is a, is a critical function in that market because that brings in more people and that population increases demand, which pushes or at least sustains uh, rental rates and uh, home prices. So um, So jobs and job growth is a critical component that we look at. And then secondly is immigration. You know, the, what is the net migration of a particular market? Again, it's supply and demand. It's, it's a simple economic function. If you have more people coming in than you have supply, uh, again, prices will rise or at least they'll be sustained. So at, at, at a big picture level, that's that's what we look at. As you work your way down, you know, you can break a, a metro area into smaller regions, areas and, and sub-markets and then ultimately down to neighborhoods. You don't necessarily need to get that granular, um, but if you're in a highly desirable neighborhood within a strong market, um, what I'll call like a B plus A minus class neighborhood or better, but your numbers don't pan out as well when you get into like solid A areas. But if you're in, in the upper Bs and lower A type neighborhoods, this is an unofficial loose classification, of course. Um, you know, you'll have you'll have strong demand both in terms of retail sales 
and uh, rental desirability. So you'll have a large pool of prospective tenants to come into market. And then that's the bottom of the funnel where you start looking at specific properties and doing your underwriting or evaluating of the the condition of the property, the numbers on that property, the location of that property, uh, and all those things that play into the financials. Um, I'm oversimplifying, but if you take that top-down approach and remain market agnostic, you'll be able to do your due diligence without any emotion attached to it. You'll, You'll be objective and you will ultimately choose properties in the right neighborhoods and the right markets and do well over the long term. One of the mistakes I see an awful lot of investors make is by focusing on communities where there's strong demand, which is great, but there's too much concentration with a single employer. I mean, perhaps in an extreme example, pick a town like Corning, New York. It's named after the company that really founded the town, and it's really a one-company town. Schenectady, General Electric, same thing. What are your thoughts on investing in cities that are heavily concentrated or built around a single employer? Well, I call it the one trick pony. And a good example of that would be um, North Dakota when there was the oil boom. There was a point where there was so much, so many jobs there. It drove so many people up to that market and there was literally no housing. People were staying in trailers and propping up tents. There was just no housing at all, nothing to rent, no hotels. And so it created, it, it caused a lot of builders to move into the area and start building as fast as they could, anything they could to, you know, fill that, that, that demand prices shot through the roof throughout that whole area but then when um oil prices started to skyrocket and you know job or drop i should say and then you know jobs were starting to be let go people started moving out and there was a lot of housing that was left empty there was a lot of construction that was left incomplete so you know when you have a one-trick pony a market that's heavily vested in one industry that could be problematic I like to classify markets in three categories, a tier one, two, and three. A tier one is a large metro area like New York, LA, San Francisco. You're going to have very broad diversification there in terms of industry and, and, and its economy. Those are great places to invest from that perspective. But the problem is, is they're very expensive and the rent to price ratio is very low. So you're, you're going to get a very low cap rate. You're going to get a very low cash on cash return. Your cash flow is not exciting in in percentage terms, nor is it exciting in dollar terms. You might have strong appreciation potential, but you know that's the give and the take with a tier one. Tier two markets like the Midwest and a lot of the markets that we focus on produce great returns. Tertiary markets or tier three markets, you know, are are much smaller markets. They can do very very well, but they're also heavily reliant on fewer industries, not necessarily one industry, but fewer industry. And so they can become a little more erratic in terms of price fluctuations when there is a recession or an impact on a particular industry. Housing is a good example of that. Housing makes up such a large percentage of the economy. If you're in a market that is heavily reliant on housing and the housing industry, you're going to see uh, fluctuations in pricing because there's fluctuations in jobs and population. So we like to stick to just second tier or ter- um, secondary markets or tier two markets because they have a larger population, broad economy, which provides stability because there's a lot of industry. So that's a long answer to your short question, but I'm not a fan of you know markets that are heavily reliant on one particular industry. And just real quick, Houston has been over the years wrongly labeled as a, as a, a, a market that is lab, uh, you know heavily reliant on one industry, which is oil and gas. But the fact is, is 
Houston has been very resilient. Every time there's been a recession or a fluctuation in, in oil and oil prices, Houston is is not affected. And if it is, it, the impact is very small and short term. So again, long answer to your short question, Victor. No, I love it. That's that's a, I, I, That resonates quite strongly with me. So you categorize these markets into tier one, tier two, and tier three. What are the, some of the other characteristics? You mentioned jobs and influx of population. What are some of the other characteristics that you're looking for for your specific client base? Well, I, again, the two biggest ones are really just the jobs, job market, and and migration. Because if you've got that, this is my opinion, if you've got those two big check boxes checked off about a particular metro area, whether whether it's an MSA or or you know a, a smaller city that's between let's say four hundred thousand and a million people what I'll often call a, a, a second tier market. You've got the big factors checked off. You know that That's going to be your, your foundation, the fundamentals of that market. Now, where I heavily focus on and, and where I actually put a lot of my weight into are the neighborhoods, the, the areas in, within that market. Because if there is strong demand for a particular neighborhood or area in terms of retail sales and or rentals, single family homes, duplexes, whatever, like rentals, uh, even apartments, so you, you could chalk it up into that circle. If there's strong demand, there's desirability. It's a place where the local population wants to be, wants to live, and there may not be enough de- uh, supply to to meet all that demand. But it's always going to stay full because you've got a tenant pool that's large enough. Then, uh, then you've got a mark. Uh, uh, then you've got a neighborhood that's going to pr- do very, very well from an investment perspective. And again, I like to categorize these loosely as B plus and A minus neighborhoods where they're not very expensive. They're not the high end within that metropolitan area, but they have strong rents relative to price. Uh, It's still affordable. You've got sales comparables. So you've got an actual retail market there. So it's, it's got that liquidity. It's, it's easy to get in. It's easy to get out if, and when you need to sell. And I'm not saying that you need to be selling all the time you want to build a portfolio of strong rental properties in good areas that um you, you know that are are desirable you have the right demographics some of this is just common sense really mm-hmm. absolutely but, uh, but, if you, but if you stick to if you stick to great neighborhoods in good markets great neighborhoods in good markets you mitigate a lot of your risk in real estate so much has changed in the last 12 months in particular how has that affected your strategy? Have you taken certain markets completely off the list as a, as a consequence? Is it just the falling tide has affected everyone equally? What, what's been your perspective? Well, yes. I mean, the whole concept of being market agnostic means that you're not married to any particular market, including your backyard. So you can be in and out of markets, you know, in, uh, in certain years, uh, you know, this doesn't change month to month, you know, real estate moves relatively slowly. But you can be in certain markets for a number of years where, you know, it's the market you follow or the market you're investing in and building a portfolio and then things change and you move out of it. You know, if you look at 2022, home price appreciation has varied dramatically across the board, um, even with rising mortgage rates. And uh, nationally in the U.S., we've seen at the end of 2022 an appreciation rate of 4%. Now it's gone up radically in the beginning of that year. In fact, for the previous two years, it's been astronomical. But we ended the year of 2022 at about 4% nationally. But if you break it down and you become more granular as to what markets we're talking about, if you look at a lot of the Florida markets as an example, like Naples, you know, West Palm Beach, Fort Myers, 
Miami, we're talking double digit in appreciation rates, very, very strong. And it's been pretty consistent throughout 2022 as being that strong. But then if you flip to, you know, other markets, like on the Western half of the U.S., uh, you know, you, you you take a look at Phoenix and it ended the year at minus 2% appreciation. So it was doing very well in the beginning at like about 8%. And then it started to drop radically. And now granted, you know, Phoenix has, has a lot of supply and, you know, with mortgage rates rising, the demand kind of dried up. So you saw the the end of 2022 end with a, on a negative note, Austin, Texas, you know, another market minus five percent in the year 2022 boise idaho i know you're doing a lot of stuff in uh up in idaho and you know boise ended the year um at minus six percent you know in, in our our price appreciation index san francisco minus seven percent so you really you know this is why it's so important to be market agnostic but market specific in terms of what your intentions are and where you're looking to invest because some markets are very strong there's strong demand lack of supply and this is true nationally by the way um, but if you pick your markets well, you, you know, you're going to continue to have that appreciation potential. There's no crystal ball and there's no guarantee, but but you can stack the cards in your favor if you know how to pick the markets. Love it. Well, Marco, if folks want to connect, if they want to learn more, what's the best way? Well, our, our main website is at noradarealestate.com and that is N-O-R-A-D-A, noradarealestate.com. Um, my team and I are always available through the contact form and the, and the phone phone number. So if you have any questions, you can always reach out to us there. Fabulous. Well, love the perspective. And for the listeners at home, definitely connect with Marco Santarelli at noradarealestate.com. And in the meantime, have an awesome rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.